Well, we're seeing one-way moves in the US dollar at the moment. Gold and tech, they're in the doghouse. And we're seeing market-based levels of implied volatility going through the absolute roof. These are crazy markets. And to break it down, I've got Blake here. And we're going to go through the trade-off. Well, hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Chris Weston from Pepperstone. And in a few seconds, I'm going to be joined by my good friend, Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics, as we go through the news, the views, the setups, the thematics in this crazy world of trading. And we try and make sense of where these markets may go in the direction and the probabilities that are going around that situation there. So as always, if you find yourself liking the program, smash the like button where you can. Leave a comment in the comment section because we want to hear your views. We want to hear what, so what you have to say and where you're trading these markets and where you see the balance of risk lying uh, in the short term as well. So I'm going to bring Blake into the program. Good day, Blake. How are you, mate? You well? I'm doing well. Good to see you, Chris. Mate, I'm literally looking down at my phone at the moment, and not that I hold the phone when I'm, when I'm doing these shows, but it's just because I've got an <laughs> alert coming through from arguably one of the most influential men or women in financial markets at the moment, Elon Musk. Now, of course, the, the, the debate has been around, yeah, will he manage to get the Twitter? Um, yeah, will he be able to go through and, and, and purchase Twitter? Will they, will they go through the regulatory situation? But he's put this tweet out at the moment. I'm just reading it now, and I'm pretty shocked by what I'm hearing. Next, I'm buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. Now, <laughs> I think this goes to show, obviously, that's a, just a fictitious joke kind of tweet coming through, but it goes to show just how crazy these markets are when the man who can move markets, whether it's crypto, whether it's Twitter, whether it's, you know, something in the in the metaverse, for example, you know, comes out with a tweet like this. And, uh, you know, obviously just goes to show something what's going on. I think it just goes to show how crazy these markets, the crazy the times that we live in in financial markets. What do you think? Well, you know, first of all, his his purchase of Twitter. I mean, what a flex move, right? Yeah, flex I mean, move, that's absolutely. that's what it is. So it's quick. the biggest. It was quick. It, it just where did it come from? I know. From? It's like, I don't know, but you know the the interesting thing is Twitter is going to have their uh, their earnings call tomorrow. Yeah. Be interesting. I, I, is he going to be on the call? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I it's mean, just I don't numbers, man. It's just, it's just numbers. It's numbers. But mate, again, I like I like what you said the flex there. But it's what I, you know. You like him or loathe him. Don't bet against Elon Musk. You just don't do it. Do no you? The way. guy gets the, the guy gets things done every day, every day of the week. Anyway, let's uh, you know talking about getting things done. Let's go into the show today because we've got a lot of things to get done today, a lot of things to discuss. Yeah. Let's go into topical thunder. As always, mate, I just wanted to sort of bring it back to the sort of top-down perspective. I want to have a look at what's going on in, in broad semantics at the moment. We want to ask what the catalyst is, or the, the circuit breaker is, uh, really, uh, with this situation. So we've seen massive volatility in equities. We've seen the VIX back above 30%. We've got the the, you know, the, the NASDAQ you know, really coming into the lowest levels for a long time. The dollar's on a one-way tear. We've seen credit spreads widen. Um, you know, Cross-asset volatility has really picked up. We've seen China growth being called into question. We've got uh, Russia fighting back effectively. Uh, cutting off gas supplies to Bulgaria and Poland, people seeing that as an escalation. People are concerned that we that we're going to see overly aggressive rate hikes coming through. Um, you know, the Fed funds going or the terminal rate going far and above uh, the neutral rate going forward, uh, and people are just looking for that circuit breaker. Um, does it come from the Federal Reserve? Well, for me, I think we're a long way away from the Fed. People will disagree with that. China, you know, is the growth concerns are there. The word recession is getting banded around. So two-pronged question for you, Blake, is, is, is you know, how are you reading sentiment at the moment? Um, and you know, ultimately, how, how does this 
this this kind of quagmire we're in at the moment. How do, how do we see a genuine reversal of this sentiment going through? What 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 promotes that change? Well, first of all, how um, maybe the circuit breakers that you're talking about might have been my poor trading from last week. I don't know if I could really be much of a catalyst, but boy, I'll tell you what, I was actually on the wrong side of the market last week. That's all right. That happens to all of us. But could, going back to the real market and really what's going to move the market, you know, Chris, I, I, I've, I see a lot of people trying to buy into this weakness. Yeah. I know we're near a lot of support. I see a lot of people trying to fade the dollar. The dollars in breakout territory. We got some of the biggest earnings coming up, which we'll talk about here in a minute, but those are coming up tomorrow um, in the NASDAQ. I mean, look, I I, I just see that the market's trading very poorly right now, and Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to save the market, but I think there's a lot of things that could push the market over the edge and trip those breakers, if you will, and get the market going. I mean, look at what the dollar has done against the, 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 the offshore, you know, Chinese one remimbi, yep. whatever you want to call it. Look what's happened over the last week. The dollar remimbi just has ripped higher has. as the PBOC is trying to do whatever they can to stabilize, you know, their economy. I mean, you know, we're dealing with obviously lockdowns in China. So there's a lot of real headwinds right now that are facing the market. And I don't know what's going to save it because I actually agree with you. Yeah. I don't think the Fed's anywhere near well, that's the, giving that's the us issue. a Fed put. I, I right? actually think it's got to come from uh it's got to come from China. Signs that they're getting the COVID situation under control. Um, I think that that would be a, a really big positive for markets. The other one, we're not going to get that until after the Fed meeting anyway, and that is signs uh, from a, from from one of the forward-thinking Fed meeting uh, members that they are watching financial market volatility, um, and they are seeing signs that that financial conditions is very much on their radar. Even that, that could install then um, the idea that the Fed put is in the market at the right juncture. That could be just enough just to cause the buyers to come back in at the moment. And anything that weakens the US dollar, I think, would probably be quite good for markets as well. We'll have to see. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. The catalysts for that circuit breaker don't seem immediately available. And I think that's part of the reason why risk has been trading so poorly. You know, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. And let's talk about one of the pieces to that. Let's shift our focus over to the dollar, Chris. I mean, what do you do with the dollar at these levels? We are breaking above levels that we have not seen since, well, you know, since the uh, spike high post COVID. So we are, we traded above those levels in the index. The Euro is well below the spike lows, you know, on the Euro dollar currency. We're approaching levels that, that, that are getting close to those highs back in 2016. And then once you get above that, you start trading into levels that we haven't seen since the early 2000s. Since Mm. that was the time that I really started to trade Forex and the currency market away from equities. I mean, that's a long time ago. So, you know, the dollar is just on a rampage. And it is. I know we're going into month end, Chris. Yep. I know that every bank out there is is citing that there's dollar, you know, demand at month end. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to fade that, you know, that consensus because they think that all those flows are going through right now, yeah. you know, as we go into the last couple of days of the month. But I don't know. I mean, you know, what 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 are you seeing and and how are traders that you see trading it? Because I see a lot of people trying to pick a bottom here at the Euro dollar around the 105 level for a longer term trade. I don't know if that's the yeah. right trade at this point in time, well, Chris. I mean, how about move, if, isn't it? It's had a big move. Yeah. Like, to, I'll give you some context. Um, you know, the dollar index is up 
4.7% for the month of April. Now, that's the, that's the biggest monthly gain, I think, in the, in the dollar uh, since 1967. I think you, I think Blake Morrow is probably just a wee nipper back in those days. But, um, <laughs> well, <isn't laughs> but like, honestly, we've had what? We've had 19 trading days so far in April, 17, uh, 17 of those trading days. We've seen a higher US dollar in those days. So yeah, it goes to show. So what are retail doing? Mate, they're all shorting the US dollar here. They're absolutely piling. We've so we've got one of the biggest net short positions in the dollar we've we've seen for a long time, and most of that is concentrated in euro dollar. So euro dollar getting down into the one hundred and five levels. Yeah, euro the retailer are, 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 are really trying to pick this one and and, and going for a long uh, euro position in there. But I, I, yeah, I, I think one of the issues, one of the trades here is is dollar C and H. We've been talking about dollar C and H, the offshore yuan. That that's going up to six sixty. If that breaks six sixty, I think the dollar strength continues against the. Aussie against the Kiwi against the Euro. So that's a really key one. We've got the Bank of Japan meeting later today, and we'll have to see what the Bank of Japan do. If they lift the leg on on, on yield curve control, if they change the target, you know, the band to, to 50 basis points, or they take their target down to 25 basis or to, to the five-year duration, yeah, the yen is going to rip and the dollar's going to sell off and that reverberate against the dollar pairs. But it for me, I can understand why the dollar is so strong. It's a great currency, it's the best currency out there to be long. It's been you know, it's been everyone's defense. You know, we don't want treasuries, we don't want gold, we want dollars. It's been the it's been the hedge de jour of all portfolios. The question is, has it gone too far, too fast? Retail are telling me that the dollar's got some downside. I don't disagree with that call. Um, uh, but yeah, it would be a trade. It would just be a repositioning trade before you, you look to to sell dollars at uh, or buy dollars at lower levels would be my call. All right. Well, it's going to be an interesting one, I think. Let's uh, let's go into bank. Let's go into central banks. Mate, we just I just focused on that. We've got we had uh, we had a, a really like ridiculously hot CPI number here in Australia yesterday, five point one percent. The trim mean number is now well above the RBA's two to three percent target. The question in Australia, uh, and the question from anyone really, uh, is: Do they go fifteen basis points next week, or do they go forty basis points? Now, why do we use those obscure numbers? Because they've got a cash rate of ten basis points, and that takes us up to twenty five basis points, or 50 basis points where they can have a nice structure. That's the debate on the floor. I know some some economists are saying they're going to leave rates on hold, which to me seems absolutely mad. Why would they do that when they've got inflation? They're well behind the curve. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting one. The Bank of Japan, a lot of people have been saying, as I say, that they could leave their yield curve control target. They could push it up to 50 basis points or take the five-year uh, 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 or the ten-year uh, part, which they're targeting on yield curve control, down to five uh, years. Which, you know, if they were to do that, will cause dollar yen to rip lower. Um, obviously, we've got the Fed meeting coming out quite soon. Fifty basis points is a lock on. But there's other ones out there. Which, which out of all those central banks right there that I just targeted, which is, which is the one that you think is the most interesting, and why? <laughs> well, for, first of all, I would have said the ECB, but then we right. got, you know, we 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 had the ECB meeting and. Christine Lagarde was still dovish and still said, you know, what what the United States is dealing with is not what the Eurozone is dealing with, which I agree. But they seem so far behind the curve, too. Yet they are going to wait another meeting before they do, you know, make any type of meaningful hawkish type of comments, it seems like. So, I, you know, I I guess the most interesting is going to be tonight. And it's probably going to be before... Yes, the Bank of Japan, you know, before this show airs. And I'll tell you, that's going to be, you know, it's either going to be we're trading down at 127 uh, by the time people are watching this or we're trading above 130. Two questions for you. First one, real quick. Why on earth 
has the Bank of Japan no got, got no set time for a central bank meeting that could be a major volatility event for markets? <laughs> the fact that there's no time, <laughs> they could just release it any time. They never yeah. have. They don't make it easier for us traders. The second, the second point um, is, I guess when you're looking at these central banks, when I say interesting, which central bank has to deal with raising rates into the, the into the, the the greatest probability of economic fragility. To me, that's the ECB and the Bank of England, actually, to be honest. So that makes the Bank of England even more interesting, which makes the whole scene really, really crazy right now. So I think that's so where do you see this idea of raising rates into the most economic fragility? Well, I I, I would have thought the ECB would have been the most, yeah, you know, right. that that would have been the answer that we had to give. But, uh, I, you know, going back to the BOJ, I mean, they are, you know, you, you do you save your, your bond market or do you save your currency, right? That's kind of the where they're, they're at right now. And we're seeing that they could care reckon, less about their currency at I, the moment. Yeah, I reckon, they, uh, I reckon they don't do a lot, mate, to be honest, but I reckon they talk about the currency. So they probably, I mean, but the market is expecting the dollar yen to, to move aggressively today. For example, the, the straddle's paying 140 pips. So the market is expecting fireworks today, Blake. So that's one where that's where we as currency traders see the market expecting fireworks. And in theory, we take down our exposures over the meeting. So that, that's going to be an interesting one. It is going to be. Well, you know, what's going to also going to be interesting is tomorrow we have some of the biggest tech names are going to be, you know, showcasing their earnings. We have Apple, we have Amazon. And then once again, we have Elon Musk uh, giving out his uh, his earnings tomorrow. Yeah, well, so, he hasn't got. He, they're not his earnings yet, mate. But uh, I'm not just far kidding. Off. <laughs> I'm just joking. But uh, but we have Twitter as well. Yeah. But the the thing is, is how big of a deal is this to the market, yeah. Chris? Because it, you know you're talking about tech. You've got Apple near the 150 level, mm. 150 handle. That's a big big support. I think Amazon's around 2700. Big yeah. level of support. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Amazon, they're dealing with you know, supply issues, uh, China lockdowns, well, so are Apple, you know, yeah. how are they? Uh, well, so is Apple. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so is Apple, but Apple on the flip side, they've had a successful launch with the, you know, iPhone 13. I, I actually got an iPhone 13. I needed to upgrade after a couple of years, you know, but their Mac's doing well, uh, Mac sales are doing well, but those earnings are going to matter a lot tomorrow. And, you know, you got, you got one, one, on one hand, you've got yields that are stabilizing, possibly even coming down a little bit, yeah. which is going to support the NASDAQ. But I think a lot of people are trying to play into that, but how big of a deal are these tech earnings going into the end of this week, Chris? What do you massive, think? Massive, 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 massive. Yeah, look, Apple, Apple, you're right. I mean, it's behind below the 200 day moving average. It needs to come out and show some leadership. We got, we got some good numbers from Microsoft. The stock popped, traders sold into that. I mean, it's still closed higher on the day, but it's yeah, it's certainly off the well off the highs. Micro, uh, you're going to have a look at Meta, Facebook, as, as we know, as we know it. Yeah, that's the opposite yeah. side of the situation. Remember, so the, the, the sentiment was so badly beaten up that in line or yeah, was was good enough to cause people the weak hands to cover those short positions that we've been seeing. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at market leadership, you need you need your Microsoft. You need to you see your generals come in, and that's held in quite well. Um, yeah, Alphabet came out with some, some numbers which missed earnings expectations, and the stock traded fairly poorly. But given what we're seeing with, Apple, with, with, with NASDAQ, we need to see Apple coming out. Now, if you have a look at the... The, the implied volatility in the stock, the expected move on the day is about 6%. If you go into Amazon, the expected move on the day is about 8%. So you've got two of the biggest stocks, two of the most important stocks in this market, you know, coming out with the market expecting 
massive movement. That tells me that you're expecting massive movement in the NASDAQ futures and also S&P futures as well. So they are really important. The way that Apple is trading at the moment is trending lower. People are selling into rallies. And so I think you need these stocks to come and blow the lights out to really stabilize market sentiment more broadly as well. The good news is, is that expectations have come down pretty pretty right. broadly yeah, right, across yeah. the board. So the, the, the bar is set low. So if they do not impress, that is where support levels are going to start getting taken out. And when you start thinking about how close we are to technical support levels, yeah. if we do move three, four, five percent lower in both of those names or either one of those names, it could have a very negative effect on equities globally. Correct. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one thing that's, that scares me most in life. Probably a bit high bowl there, but uh, the one thing that really scares me, Blake, uh, will worry me is is if Apple was to come out with fantastic numbers, and they do have a fantastic pedigree at earnings, they've beaten EPS and sales seven of the last eight quarters. Something that scares me is if they have really good numbers, both for the guidance uh, and also for Q for Q two and for the guidance for Q three. The pop, st- the, ra- uh, the the stock rallies, people sell into it, and people are not impressed. That would tell me how poor the tape is. It so good numbers and the stock trades poorly. I think that would be that would be something that we're looking at there as well. Anyway, let's go into some of the charts that are on Blake and mine's mind. Let's go into that's a setup. Right, I want to go into, into our friend Gold. In fact, it's going to be a bit of a precious metals segment uh, as we're going through this one. <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, I think like implied volatility in gold has pushed a little bit higher. It certainly hasn't kept pace with what we've been seeing in the implied vol in the G7 FX markets, where we've got that now the highest level since March 2020. A lot of that's actually been derived from the, the, the moves we've been seeing in dollar CNH, where you know, we pushed into 660. Um, but you know, gold has traded quite poorly here. Now, a lot of that is down to what we're seeing uh, in in the love for the US dollar recently. So if you were to look at gold in in one of the weaker currencies, then obviously like the euro terms, if you look at gold in euro terms, it's been doing well. But everyone trades gold in US dollar terms. So you can see it, it's broken through that through those lows of 1890. We're coming back into that 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 really big breakout level that we got from November. Yeah, the question is, is do we go into there? How does price react and act into that situation? That's what we're going to be trading. At the moment it looks heavy. You know, there's no real reason to be buying this in my opinion. It's trading below all the moves averages is making lower lows, but we are coming into those key support levels where a lot of the scalpers will be looking at you know, some cheeky little moves in, into those kind of levels at the moment. Yeah, bond yields have started moving up again. The dollar's strong. Uh, people are talking about a recession, increased probability, certainly in the UK, um, in, in, in Europe, and maybe to an extent uh, the US as well. But what are you thinking on this one at the moment? For me, I, I, I'm looking at a most favourable situation for gold longer term, but I just can't buy it right now, Blake. Well, that that level that you're talking about, it comes in around 1875, 1877 spot. And uh, and that's a big level. And I think that you got to watch one of the biggest and strongest long time correlations in the market, uh, the dollar and gold. I mean, you know, I know both can go up together, both can go down together. But right now, dollar has been ripping and that has been weighing on gold. So if it, let's say some of the retail traders are right there over at Pepperstone and they start uh, the, the, the dollar actually starts to pull back. Maybe mm. that is your catalyst that at least, at least gives you that cheeky bounce higher in gold. <laughs> but I'm actually targeting the 200 day moving average, my friend. I don't know where that is. I didn't draw that on my on my chart, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I I I honestly think the longer term bullish catalyst for gold is the moment that the market starts buying bonds 
and, and funds go overweight US treasuries on the idea that, that growth is really genuinely coming under pressure. The word recession is getting banded around more. Yields come lower. People start piling into gold as a hedge against that recession. We're not there yet. I think it comes. And I think that's the gonna, you're going to see that in the price action. So for me, it's well, better to react and, uh, and, and, and rather not be early on that. That, okay, well, let's let's go to silver then, because this is you know two of the same uh, kindred spirits, if you will. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the poor man's gold. That would be <laughs> my gold, I guess. You know, the silver. Anyway, um, the the thing I want to talk about, silver and gold, both of them have actually what we call a Garley setup pattern. Yeah. And uh, what I'm looking for is a dip down to 2250. 2250 would uh, give us 161% extension of the last leg higher, which would have been from March, March lows or March 30th lows up into the highs in April. And that takes us about down to 22 and a half. And uh, that would be near a lot of support. You can see down there, you can see where the blue arrow really starts. It's also an 88% retracement of really the whole 2022 move. So that confluence of support is a level that I'm going to be looking at. It is below the 200 day moving average right now. I think we, we have a little bit more downside pressure. That's why I think gold can also head a little bit lower, but I do think that gold and silver are going to get bought on this dip. So I want to be there for it around 22 bucks. What do you think here, Chris? I reckon um, we need to create our own indicator. You've got Bollinger coming out of here. So you've got uh, Gartley or whatever his first name. Let's call him, let's call him Dennis Gartley. And, uh, but I think we need to come out of a Morrow Western indicator of some description somewhere along the line. <laughs> anyway, no, you know, if you have a look at the gold-silver ratio at the moment, we're about 81. So gold has been outperforming silver. You know, being long gold and short silver uh, and matching those beaters has been a really good trade. That has yep. stalled out now. So we are seeing a few people looking to unwind those positions. I'm watching the gold-silver relationship and that, and that ratio very closely at the moment. Um, if we are going to see better times, naturally you're going to see silver outperform gold because obviously there's a higher B to play there. Um, but we're not seeing that at the moment. So yeah, I, I struggle to, to to want to be long on either of these. They're going down. I don't want to pick the bottoms on this. I want to wait for a, you know some some consolidation uh, in price before I, you know to go long. If anything, I'll be looking to sell rallies in silver at the moment. I think you know, that that that's the trend. Yeah, too many people in these markets. Whether you're looking at dollar yen, euro dollar, have been burnt trying to you know, trying to trying to trade against the flow of capital in these incredible times. So for me, you know, wait for the consolidation and give a high probability of a move higher in silver uh, before going long in that situation there as well. And talking about that consolidation, let's bring up the daily chart of what we're seeing in euro dollar there. Yeah, this is one that's been getting on everyone's radar. We've mentioned it quite liberally through the show so far. We have traded through those 2020 lows. I think the, the low there, 106.36. Um, and the eyes of the market now falls on those 2017 lows. Should we get there? It is oversold as we talked about there and retail now are, are quite long but the 103.41 that we can see on that that lower um orange line down at the down at those lows that's the focus of the market can we squeeze in this run down there every rally is being sold in euro dollar yeah whether fundamentally you're looking at what's happening with russia um you know supply constraints that are coming through people are talking about nat gas in europe really spiking up which of course is a negative for european growth people are seeing this this toxic toxic situation of a central bank who have got very high inflation and are making noises about raising rates later this year and slower growth for coming through. So stagflation environment is the red rag for, for traders to sell euro dollar. So where do you want to be in this world? You want to be in dollars because it is your natural hedge against everything that's going on at the moment over US treasuries, over gold, everything like that. So you can understand where it's going on. But this setup to me is, is everything that we've been seeing. Everyone's looking at this at the moment in FX land. We've broken through the uptrend. We've broken through these key levels. Um, what do we get, Blake? Is it, We go back to that old chestnut. 
is the rally that we're going to be seeing just a positioning readjustment that happens from time to time? And do you sell into that? Well, first of all, I think when you said 10340, uh, a lot of butt cheeks just puckered. So they, you guys can thank Chris for that one. Um, you know, <laughs> but you know, we've cracked some really cr crazy support levels, all those trend lines that have taken us since the beginning when the Eurozone was created, when the Euro was created, excuse me, back around 2000, 2001, those lows, we've broken all through that. And, and I think there's a lot of downside momentum. Trying to pick a bottom here is very dangerous. Um, and I think you have to sell into rallies. Any yeah. type of rally you see, Chris, you got to sell into it. Yeah, right. I, I, I actually completely agree with you that, mate, to be honest here. Just look to, to to sell the rips on that one. My Yeah, my, my, my two cents is while you're below 108, that's the plan. That's the plan you got to stick to. And and that turns us to the Aussie dollar, your, your, uh, your currency, because I'm going to, I want to, I want to turn the clock back towards the B, the end of last year. I got asked to, to do a, like a, a promotional video, like Blake, what's going to be your trade of 2022. And I, I had two trades, you know, one of them was going to be to sell the dollar on a big rally and was going to be uh, by the Aussie dollar around 70 cents or below. And, you know, the Aussie right now, I think a lot of people own it. A lot of people are bullish. A lot of people have been bullish the Aussie because of inflation and saying this is, a, this is a currency that's going to be the, the one to own. Yeah. I don't disagree, but I think the timing is wrong. Right. And I think that the, the Aussie dollar is going to trade below the 70 figure and possibly trade down to uh, 68, 69 cents. And I want to be there waiting. But I think the Aussie is trading real heavy. You saw the CPI beat last night. We are 50 pips right now at the time of filming, 50 pips lower than where it was after that CPI data came out last night. So, Chris, what do you think about the Aussie here? Well, I think it's against the dollar. It's, it had a really close relationship with the S&P futures overnight. So, you know, that that's where it was. I mean, if you wanted to go and buy, if trade the CPI number in, in isolation, you do it against the euro, you do it against the yen, you did, you've, you've done it against the pound to an extent there as well. So you express the CPI number and the rates relationship versus the crosses. Against the dollar, it's just been, yeah, the, the dollar's just been a, yeah, Beast. something else. It's been more a sentiment. Yeah. It's more sort of an equity gauge, really, that's going through. So I don't know. Sure. I mean, I, I think that the RBA go 15 basis points. I, I think they probably should go 40 basis points. But, you know, I really don't think the, the election is really a big deal. I don't think there's any reason why uh, the election should even come into the RBA's uh, thought process. But, you know, I, I think with that, it's not going to underwhelm. It's, not, it's probably going to underwhelm a little bit. Um, it, what, again, you, with this cross, if you're looking at um, what happens in broad semantics, um, with equity markets, with, with volatility, that's probably going to dictate where Aussie dollar is going to go. So if, if the Nasdaq gets smashed on the back of poor earnings from Apple and Amazon, you know, your Aussie dollar is probably going to go. I mean, conversely, if obviously we get good earnings, then the Aussie dollar might rally on as a risk proxy there as well. I mean, obviously, watch what happens with with Chinese markets, which we'll touch on in a second. Anyway, that's that's where my player of the day resides. So it's probably a good way to, to go into that as a segue. Let's go into player of the day. Like I want to touch on, um, on on China at the moment. We can't go past China. Obviously, they've got an incredibly um, onerous uh, COVID policy that they're, they're, they're going through at the moment. People are concerned about whether they're going to get that 5.5% growth target. People are concerned that the policy initiatives are far too neutral um, relative to the 
draconian um, yeah, measures that they're taking to, to suppress uh, COVID going forward. Um, but, I, and, you know, obviously we can trade in a momentum style and trade with a trend, which is completely the way that people have been uh, yeah, making money in, in, in FX markets and, and commodity markets. But from a special situation, from a tactical perspective, I want to have a look at China. Now, we're trading. Yeah, we've still got to break this downtrend that I've got through there. We've still got to you know, continue to make higher highs in this situation. Um, but for me, if there's any signs that China is going to get COVID under control um, and or they come out with more aggressive stimulus measures to try and propel the equity markets higher, which I think is a higher deal as we go into May, um, I, I think this Chinese markets, and certainly I've got in this case a HK50, uh, could could have a squeeze up into the sort of mid-2100s, 21,000. So for me, I, I like buying uh, China in small size, very small size. And when it starts moving up through some of those trend resistance levels, uh, I'll look to add into that situation for a move higher. So I think if we're going to see outperformance Based on these concerns, it's probably going to come from China, and I want to try and uh, try and capture that as a special situation. All right. Well, my play of the day, Chris, is going to be the euro yen, and uh, this one has been one. Of, well, we we know the euro is trading so heavy. We know the Bank of Japan is tonight, and so if we see the yen pick up some steam following the BOJ, I think the risk is that the euro, because it's trading so heavy, we trade down towards the 134.20 level. The 134.20 level was the breakout point. We get a daily close below that. I am targeting the 200-day moving average. It's pretty simple, pretty black and white. However, if we trade anywhere below 134 intraday, I will be starting a short position. I won't hang on to it unless we get a daily close below that. And if we do that, I'll keep my stops probably about above 135, targeting 130. It's a pretty simple trade mm. where you catch everybody off guard, chasing the, that trend higher, and then you get a reversal back below the breakout point. But I think the euro is trading heavy, and I think the yen could get a reprieve here. But we'll have to see following the Bank of Japan. But that's my play of the day. I think and if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if, you know, like, I think the risks are skewed in the Bank of Japan to a slightly stronger J Japanese yen. The market's expecting big, big movement. We'll have to see if that happens. But I think you yep. know the, the Bank of Japan definitely one to watch as we go forward, and that could be uh, you know obviously a big beneficiary to to your uh, to your yen call on that situation. Anyway, so a lot going on in markets. We've been seeing that very very volatile e equity markets. We're watching those earnings from Apple, and we're watching those earnings from Amazon as we go forward. We're seeing a steamrolling U.S. dollar. Can that can trend continue? We've discussed that quite liberally ad nauseum throughout this this the, the show today. Anyway, thanks for everyone who's who stayed on and watched the whole show. We really really appreciate that situation. Leave your comments, leave your views on some of the stuff that, that uh, the aspects that Blake and I, <laughs> Blake and I have talked about today. And we'll see you next week for more of the trade off.